Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, Join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. What's up, everybody? It's the Helping Friendly Podcast again. I'm RJ. I'm here with Jonathan. Hey. And Brian. Hello. Just like last week. Just like last week. We're here, guys. We um we sent a lot of people out into the field to watch fish shows and we're gonna we're gonna hear about that like every day at one PM after the show, which Brian is gonna be doing this week. And uh, we've been Brian and I have been kinda alternating and uh, it's been fun. It turns out a lot of people are going and a lot of people are enjoying the shows. So that's that's kind of a my breaking news opinion. <laughs> it's a consensus um, out there people are having fun yeah um so every day at 1 p.m after the show you can watch on youtube twitter facebook instagram i think those are the main places you can watch um that we're not on network television yet but we're working on it and uh we're brought to you by shift genuine cannabis thank you 
shift. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about them later. But guys, we have, I guess, five shows to talk about, right? Two Nashville shows and three Deer Creek shows. Um, I don't have anything to say about them. I think they were all bad. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you one bit. In fact, I know that you were at two of these shows, and you should probably start off by giving us your very informed opinion of what went down in Nashville. Okay, if I must. Um, it was great to be back, you know, to be back at a show. It was really fantastic and a lot of fun seeing a lot of people. And um, I think I said this on one of the live broadcasts, but really appreciate everyone coming up to me and saying how much they love HF Pod and Undermine and Alive Again and Osiris in general. It makes us feel good. So if you see any of us at shows, you know, come say hi. Just say hi from like a safe distance and then we'll decide how to proceed. That's sort of the... That's the way you that's the way you approach these interactions these days. Um, Nashville was great. I think there was I, I wrote the recap for fish.net and sort of it was in these like, you know, there were two totally different shows and two totally different um, kind of approaches from the band, but that's what happens. You know, you see one show that's kind of like they're searching searching for a sound and hitting hitting some stuff along the way, and then you see another night where the, it seems completely effortless and they just like Wednesday night was just one of those shows that seemed it seemed like from start to finish they didn't really you know they didn't miss a beat the entire show and Fishman didn't miss a beat of Mr. Completely the entire second set he didn't (laughs) stop playing it for however long that was um I thought the shows were really fun and then they go on to Deer Creek and play three shows and I feel like a similar similar approach although they came in on Friday and that the Friday and Saturday shows were both just outrageous um what jonathan what was your take on on nashville and into deer creek as you watched from home well you know nashville solid two solid nights with great great music um both nights uh, some cool bust outs strawberry letter some good dance grooves second night of course had the big mr completely and the split open and melt that i loved and um but then I, I think I think the big story should be Deer Creek because we have three extremely different kinds of shows across three nights, and you know it's it's one of those places where we have historically gotten a lot of great shows. We should get into what these three types were. Brian, you want to uh, uh, illuminate us? It, it was really interesting going into Deer Creek because of where we're at in the tour, seven or eight shows in. Um, I was kind of looking back on really strong tours in 3.0, and the seventh show of each tour kind of seemed to define like where we were going. 2015, it was that first night at Atlanta. 2013's fall tour, it was the second night at Worcester. And those, like to me, seem to be shows where like when when I think back on those tours, it was a okay this this tour is officially great it's taken another leap it's taken another uh, step up and we're in a really cool you know space now where fish is just really creative and there feels like an effortlessness to their playing and i felt like you got that on the first night of deer creek i was expecting you try to leave expectations at the door, but kind of thinking through a three night run, I was thinking they would try to settle in and they kind of approached the first night at Deer Creek. Like they have historically Fridays at Dick's where I've found on certain Fridays at Dick's, I walk away just exhausted and it almost impacts the rest of the weekend for me. Um, 
that show, the Carini, the Wolfmans, the um, Sand, just blew me away in the first, what, 25, 30 minutes of the show. Um, I think it will always be remembered for, you know, midway through Blaze On, it sounded like they were writing a brand new song. And then Simple, look, I don't want to be blasphemous, but it sounded Fukuokian to me. It's the only word I could come up with that like properly described it. It sounded like they were channeling this early or this late 1999, early 2000 sound for them. So that show like set the tone of, for me, the tour of where their band is at as well as the run. And I think following it, you got a chill out show and then you got a let's get our sillies out type of show. And, and it very divergent, very different shows, but also like kind of the full package of what you should expect from fish almost 40 years into their career. I like that, uh, scientific approach. And what was the word that you made up again? Um, Fukuokian. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, the three, the three kinds of shows is I, that seems totally, totally accurate to me. I mean, the, the everything's right was from Saturday was really, it was, it was good and it was really fun. Um, but I think it was like, it was a little bit of a chill, chill night with what, with like a prominent, what's the use throughout the second set, you know, keeping that somewhat mellow, but still kind of intense vibe. The stash was pretty momentous that night as well. Yes. um, Tell us more about the stash. I want to hear more about it. From your perspective, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to overhype it because uh, I also talk about it in the uh, my conversation with Ryan that'll be coming up. But uh, you know, it, uh, multiple modulations, just nice extension. They land well uh, back into the the minor jam that you know begins the jam and then ends it again, and it's a high point. As far as Stash goes, Charlie Dirksen tweeted, and he said, you know, he thinks it's an automatic entry into the jam chart. I think there's no question that it should be there. Um, it's it's just an outstanding example of what they can do when they try. Yeah, I agree. And the the well, we're going to talk more about the simple. Um, but can we talk? So there we, there were some some debuts. We got um, a new two new Mike songs, and then two Lonely Trip songs. I think. Um, over the course of the past five shows, um, which is which is I think pretty pretty good because you know you want to you want to mix in the new material and I like the placement of some of the stuff like the wave of hope from Lonely Trip right before the stash it was kind of like a let's play a new song and then let's just go back into you know what we know best but but also push it further um, and then the evolve opener on Wednesday in Nashville I think most of the crowd were was kind of confused about that song. Um, but I feel like it set the tone. Yeah, that was good. And uh, I think the the Mike songs were good too. Mull is, uh, is groovy. I think I, I want to hear it again. I like it. I think Casual Enlightenment had some uh, amusing lyrics. And honestly, I really like the groove on that one. So I think that has uh, potential. We'll see how often they bring it around. I, I loved the placement of Evolve. It I, I initially thought it was nothing. And I was intrigued by that as an opener. And then when it started, I was like, oh, yeah, this is off a lonely trip. And I, it's one of my favorite songs off the record. Um, it kind of reminded me of Gorge 2013. They opened with Architect. Yeah, and that's it had one of my that favorite similar, sets. Like, I love that. Yeah. I love that set. Yeah, same here. It, it just like had that like 
let's set the tone. Let's like have like a chilled like opening to it. And and for me, you know, Nashville two and Deer Creek one are my two favorite shows of the tour thus far. And and having that kind of, you know, they played a bunch of newer songs early on in Nashville two, relatively uh, new songs, and the the opening of with, with that song just kind of set the tone. Do you guys think are we are we um are we forgetting about like or do we have recency bias because I think the going into this and I was at both Nashville shows and I heard people say like the second night of Nashville was the best show so far and then I think people said that about the first night of of Deer Creek are we do you, do you guys agree that it's getting better or are we missing like these you know the Atlanta show and the Oak Mountain show like where do where do these show fall or it doesn't matter well, I don't know that it matters. I, I think that these shows are they're just consistently good. I think that's what's really important. Somebody's going to come along and rank them, and it, it won't be me. But I think the gradients between these shows, other than maybe the opener, tour opener, uh, and maybe even Oak Mountain, I think everything else is pretty consistently high. So yeah, I, I don't want to knock Nashville in favor of Deer Creek. Uh, I think they were. I think they were good shows. Yeah, I I, t- I tweeted something on Friday night. Just as I was just blown away watching the Deer Creek show, that the tour is just reminding me of twenty fall twenty thirteen and summer twenty fifteen. And I think to your point, Jonathan, like you could go through and you could rank those shows based on your subjective opinions. Um, the thing that blew me away about those two tours that I cont- I consistently go back to is it doesn't seem to me like there is a better show than another when, when you get to the really quality shows of those two tours, they're different offerings of the same consistent band. So if you think just like summer 2015, uh, that Atlanta show, seven thirty one, blossom eight, seven, the man eight, 12 pick any Magna ball show. There's a different variety of a really good version of fish in there that I don't know if I'd be in position to say that, well, Blossom is better than this show, which is better than this show. At at that point, you're just like nitpicking for ranking's sake. I think that you're you're what you're looking for in a tour like this is on a nightly basis or on a every couple of shows basis. Has the band locked in, and are they communicating with each other in a new and unique way that matches the quality that we heard before? Um, Really quickly, I think to your question just about like, are we separating these shows from Alpharetta um, and Oak Mountain? You know, I think that those, in in my mind, what separates the second night of Nashville and the first night of Deer Creek is just, you can press play on note one and I have zero interest on leaving that show or pressing the next button until the end of it. Even if like, maybe this isn't the song selection I would have chosen. I think that there's like a larger flow to it whereas those shows felt like they had moments surrounded by the band still kind of figuring things out which is to be expected early in the tour yeah that makes sense and then like if you look at fish.net the the second night of deer creek and the second or sorry the first night of deer creek and the second night of atlanta are the two highest rated which you know the ratings i think more or less reflect like is there a 20 to 30 minute jam or not you know the, the more of those the, the <laughs> yeah. higher the ranking it's sort of like straightforward but um we're getting a lot let me ask you guys about this segment like about something that you're going to go back to or a segment of, of the shows that you that you'll you'll not stop going back to and i also want to ask about the kind of the the playing of that of that segment 
we we've talked about this, but I'll just I'll just reinforce that the second set of Nashville. I, I I said something during this show that like there's there's this weird space that fish can get into where deep jamming segues absurdity humor all kind of like me- like mesh together and it's a very unique thing to fish and when they went from a ghost jam that I was loving the direction it was going into into bathtub gin and somehow incorporated aspects of ghost in the bathtub gin. I was just like, that is it to me. I don't know how to like, like if you want to like describe why you love fish, like to me, that segment, you play that for anyone. I don't know a lot of bands that are able to take two completely polar opposite songs, mesh them together in such a way that sounds so perfect. Um, So that whole set, I think I, I would press play on completely and not let up. I mean, I was at Nashville, so I'm a little biased, but I agree with that for sure. I, I think the the first night of Deer Creek has maybe the most interesting improvisation we've heard so far, which I think we'll talk about in a minute. But it seems to me like between the stash and the blazon and the, the simple, there was like some really original stuff happening. And I'm starting to hear, I'm sure you guys are as well, like when when you hear these jams, there's a point in almost all the jams when... Trey gets on his like new toys and Paige gets like with his new synths. And then it's like, that's the sound, but it it doesn't seem to be, it's not like a major key bliss jam where it's just like, you can kind of predict where it's going to go, but it does seem like that's the sound of the tour so far, Um, which you can hear in almost every show. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that's kind of what I'm hearing. I do agree with that. Um, I do also have an answer for uh, something that I'm likely to go back to and, uh, it's it's actually the second set of Third Night Deer Creek because I think it's going to take me a while to unravel exactly what that set list is, um, exactly what they're doing, who's doing what. Um, I know watching the video last night, you could see Paige like call for Martian Monster and then trigger the thing and you know trey teases it but they don't really play it you know so where does where do all these things happen and fall and why and i i i mean i don't know that this would be my favorite set of what what they've done uh in this past week but it's it's intriguing and so i'm gonna spend a good bit of time with it i think well, that's a great call. It's like it's a lot of fun. There's a lot going on, and like you said at the beginning, Brian, they have to, you know, go through and have these fun nights to 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 get to those moments of, you know, focus where they get 35 minutes of of something, which is probably going to be um, the Hershey show that I'm missing. Um, so, <laughs> what, what's 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 the jam of the week, guys? Simple. Simple. It's got to be. It's simple. Trey found this melody on the outro to Simple, and I was like, okay, cool. We're probably going to get a jam out of out of this as well. Blazon was already the peak of the, the show for me. And then they just kept building in this demented world. And I, I don't know. It sounded like a completely different band. It, it was like I, I, I don't know what triggered that. Like they, they've experimented like that at secret sets. They've experimented like that in segments of jams. But to like dedicate literally 18 minutes – in front of paying customers to that type of uh, uh, that that type of performance was just mind blowing to me. I, I loved it. I, I I ate it up. I keep listening to it, and I just can't stop. Yeah, I listened to it this morning again, and it is it's wild. It's crazy. The 
sounds that they are collectively generating are intense, like swell your brain kind of intense. And it's not really quite like any of the things in the shocking number of extended jams we've already had this tour. I got several messages um, the day after that show asking on Saturday, asking if I've ever heard anything that sounded like that before. And that's the first time in my memory that like people I know who are big fans have been like, that seemed different than anything that's ever been been played. And I think that's pretty cool for where we are. You know, I think it was Brian who mentioned earlier, you know, it was Trey going to his, or maybe it was you, RJ, you know, maybe it's all of us. They, Trey's going to his newer tones, Paige is getting on the synth, and they've been bouncing off of each other. And they've been doing that through most of this tour. But here, it just really took to a next level. They all lifted about 10 feet off the stage, um, which is impressive considering the light rig couldn't move. So maybe they had to get closer to it. Um, uh, yet point, Deer Creek uh, can't structurally hold the light rig and the mechanisms to move it. So that's why it was static at Deer Creek, apparently. Great, great stuff. It's wild. Um, so this this tour will continue on. We will continue on. Um, check out all these shows on Livefish. Um, if you do that, use the URL, osirispod.com slash livefish. We're running an experiment. Um, so... <laughs> I think we should now hear from our friends uh, at Shift Cannabis. You'll hear me a little bit, but um, we're talking to them about this this beautiful place we visited in Colorado and some of the things they do to keep the quality high. So should we should we jump into that? Let's do it. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. All right, I'm here with Ryan, Ryan Seibert. Ryan, how is it out there on the road? How are you doing? Uh, Monday's a little overcasty in uh, Noblesville, but we're about to hit the pavement and keep this tour going, man. Excellent, excellent. Well, we've got a bunch of really cool shows to recap here. Can you even, like, think back to last Tuesday at this point? It's been a lot. (laughs) Yeah, um, Nashville was, uh, it was hot, and um, everybody had, you know, a little bit of a backbone of a honky-tonk going into the shows Tuesday and Wednesday, 
Uh, parking in Nashville is a little bit of a pain. Yeah, it was a good time. Nashville Park, um, it's it's beautiful, man. It's it's wider than it is deep. Soft grass. They put chairs down for the um, the pavilion, quote unquote. But it, you still had grass under your feet. Uh, it was beautiful. Wow. Yeah. You know, I've I've not been in it. I've seen it from a distance when I was in Nashville. It looked like a great location. Um, and uh, the shows, I think uh, the shows shaped up pretty well. Yeah, you know, I I think it's the summer of the return of the 20-minute jams because they've definitely been pushing themselves out there. Um, what was it? It was uh, Space Effects. Space Effects jams and Swamp Pedals are, are right. taking over this tour. Right, which is uh, kind of great. Yeah, we uh, we had Ryan from Trey's Guitar Rig on one of the video uh, recaps last week. And he got into all of that gear. Anybody out there hasn't heard it, they should go check it out. Um, yeah. So you got any highlights you want to? We could we could take these two together if you like. But uh, that you want to you want to single out from Nashville? Uh, I'll do some rundown. Um, I I thought it was great to hear Strawberry Letter Twenty Three is still in the lineup. Um, the new Mike Saw and Mull is not you know everybody's favorite, but I've I've already caught myself re-singing it over to my friends that have not heard it yet. Yeah, there you go. About to run's fun. I, I I like the No Man Ruby Waves possum on night one, and then night two. Wow, you, you just can't go wrong with that second set, man. The Mister Completely backbone kept by Fishman all the way through. Big jams. The Ghost into Gin was kind of like a whoa. They can do that too. Yeah. And then you know a bit a big melt to end it all. Fluffhead in there, good. The, the I liked Evolve too. It was a good time. It was a really good time. Nashville, you know, knows how to party. Yeah, Nashville is known for that, and and Fish obviously came to join in. Uh, I want to just double down on that split open and melt. 3.0 has had some interesting uh, phases with split open and melt, and I think this is one of the better ones that they've done since they came back in 2009. Maybe it's just it's the best one of 4.0. We could go with that too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it it reminded me of that uh that MSG from 113-2018 that they just brought it out at the end of the show and got deep and dirty and you're like, "Wow, they can still do this." Right, right, right. Yeah, it was really nice to hear and agree on that ghost bathtub gin transition that was uh just terrific and then uh and then north so uh, obviously everybody's buzzing today because they just did three nights in noblesville and they were they were outstanding i'm just going to call it deer creek it has yet another corporate uh amphitheater name but it's deer creek right it's deer creek i caught myself like uh the last night I was like, why do they have us this bridge and why is there a fence around it? And nobody like jumps the creek anymore to just like cut out the middleman and, and stop the mooing of the cows to get put through the herd. It's, it's Deer Creek, man. Let us jump. <laughs> well, you know, uh, they, they tightened up the landscape since last time I was there, which was um, 95 for fish. So, um, and apparently a lot fewer cornfields around there, too. Yeah, it's blowing up. The uh, campground that we stayed by, the neighbors uh, saw everybody running in and uh, said they'd been there for 15 years, says that campground was uh, for sale. And an acre of land, I guess, is worth $55,000 out here. Huh. Wow. All right. Um, yeah. Well, let's get into these shows. The uh, first night had, well, every night had something to talk about. So let's let's take these one at a time. What do you want to say? What do you got from the first night? 
Carini opener doesn't mess around. There's a there's a great meme on Facebook or wherever you see your memes nowadays that's just like Carini opener. You know, it's got the bull kicking in the door. Yeah, that's a that was a good one. I love the Casvat Vox song, "Staying Out There." We are comes out, live our brains, um, and then just a massive, massive second set of. Uh, I I swear you're entering in like a time hole backwards. Listen to that simple man. They they're doing <laughs> some things that out there that just sound like descending riffs and sounds like the riffs are going backwards from time to time. I've loved it. It was it was amazing to watch them come out and just slay on night one. Yeah, I mean, uh, simple wasn't even the longest of the jams, but this, it, it is the weirdest. Um, Blaze on is really good. Uh, it I, I feel like it covers more familiar ground though um but i i want to i want to shout out the sand from first set that sand is uh really outstanding and in fact i feel like the whole like the whole first set is uh is a really good first set yeah they're they're keeping it tight with that sand and another really tight good rift um, yeah. I still, Walls of the Cave is always a good set closer for me. I mean, some people are saying that it's, where else can you put it? But that's, I like it. And, uh, the Sanity Encore was, uh, what did Trey say? I said, I've been thinking about this one for a while. Yeah, I was actually just listened to that, uh, before we started talking. It's so cool. Yeah, it's kind of reflective about where we are in our world today. And I think that reflection also includes, uh, most of this set two combination on Saturday night. Yeah. Because, uh, Saturday night they came out and slayed, you know. Give us, give us a little bit of the crowd control. Uh, what are you trying to say there, boys, from the stage? But uh, <laughs> set one was a little, not too songy, but a little songy. A Wave of Hope. I, I like the new song again. Uh, I, I know you've got some great thoughts on Stash. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, and, and I don't think I'm alone in this. It's it's an all-timer. I mean, it's got, it modulates a couple bunch of times, and it's, it is a, a unique and moderately extended i mean it's only like what 16 minutes long but they really cover a lot of ground in that stash and yeah i i I think it's remarkable and wonderful and and then just to roll right into the cavern uh classic set closer with with trey also bringing up another classic of the we'll be back in 15 minutes right at the end of that so there you go i thought i thought stash could have been the closer at that point but it's it was a good solid cavern closer yeah, absolutely. But we still have to talk about the second set. Yeah, like like I said before, I think they're trying to make a statement about the world that we're living in with these song choices of the everything's right, what's the use, cross-eyed, disease, velvet sea, and then back on the road into possum. But, I mean, who, know, who knows what they're thinking? The double what's the use is definitely an interesting choice to have it, you know, sandwiched around cross-eyed, if you can call that a sandwich. But I, I loved every minute of it again, man. Yeah, I thought that was really cool to listen to when they dropped back into what's the use. I well, I didn't see it coming, um, and I, I, yeah, I thought that was that was really cool. Um, good jam prior to that in Crossside, even though it's short. I guess that's a micro jam, and everything's right. Had a nice, you know, it was broke the twenty minute mark, and I thought that was pretty good too. Another just really strong show. I don't know. I think some people were predicting Saturday Night Special, and I think some folks might think this was that. Um, oh, I got to shout out the the Roger, which I'm the only one who says it that way. But um, I thought that was a really <laughs> excellent version as well. Um, but uh, yeah, great. I thought it was a great Saturday Night Show. Uh, I like the reappearance of Army of One. I I love that. Yes. Tune. Yes. Absolutely. 
should we should we get into the Sunday show? I think this one is going to be, you know, they say never miss it, but I think some people, there's some controversy online already for this one. Oh, man, the controversy never ends when you try to, like, smash <laughs> a bunch of songs together. Right. Uh, I think I re I think I read the uh, the .dot net review and they said they had like played six different melodies within like ninety seconds. Absolutely, just like mind smashing. If you tried to, I I I have a lot of sympathy for the fish .dot net set list people. They um they had their work cut out for them with this second set. <laughs> they certainly did, and uh, just you know, moving seamlessly. You know, we we talk about the ripcord. Uh, you know, when songs end abruptly and go straight into something else. But I'm not so sure this is ripcord anymore. If like he's act- they're actually making an effort to move through these songs just a little bit. But I also wondered if it wasn't like another night with a uh, with a with a key. You know, this the second set was brought to you by the major key of C or something. <laughs> right, uh, we'd have to bow to the musicologist to reveal that one. But yeah, it seemed like they were just uh, hanging on a vibe rather than sticking to a song. So Jin uh, got nice and weird at first, and then and then they were just kind of off to the races. Right, that I mean the ghost. The first appearance of Ghost is like like a minute long, minute and a half long. And and I said that it didn't have like its major its major like. Uh... You know, riff. If the riff was in a different key, but Trey just started singing it because he felt the riff coming through, and then the riff goes straight into Sally, and Sally's always fun and gets down and dirty, and then it get drops a little, little bit into Twenty Years and Waste and Twist and Makasupa having changes with all the words and twisting it up and back and forth. It, it's there's there's arrows and there's arrows with lines on this set list. And I'm just like, yep, okay, good good for you. Thank you very have- much for that. You're going to have arrows, you're going to have asterisks, you're going to have uh, 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 footnotes, you're going to have all kinds of all kinds of crazy stuff on this on this set list. I want to speak about the 20 years later into Waste uh, Jam. The transition was real solid in my book, and 20 years later is a song that, frankly, they need to be willing to expand on the ending is super heavy and groovy and i feel like they could just take themselves into uh, a really dark space yeah there was one about what two three years ago that broke the 20 minute mark when we were talking about how they don't jam anymore but yeah they've definitely got a vibe for this uh you know evil fish again this this swampy spacey out of out of this world the the poster for uh you know deer creek was also aliens coming over for the cornfield i thought that was pretty pretty <laughs> yeah. um, pretty 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 fitting you know if, if little mars attacks there yes yeah, uh prophetic perhaps so yeah they uh they're really on a roll i think that um i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with these next was it five shows? Next handful of shows here uh, with Hershey and AC. Yeah, I can't wait to see what comes of all this because they are, well, they're primed. They're super primed. Yeah, they they want to play and it's, they're having fun on stage and we're having fun in the in the fields. Any notable weirdness out there in the audience? Yeah, you know the the recent rollout of all these cancellations. I have seen more people wearing masks in the crowd, and I think that's all. It's very fitting. We all have to do our part, like they say. Um, and let's just keep it friendly out there. Keep it keep it light. Keep it happy. Keep it joyful. And uh, we're all going to get this, this together. Yeah, well, that's a 
good message. And that's probably a great place to end it. Ryan, I will let you get back on the road. Thank you for your time. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Safe travels. All right, guys. Thanks so much for for all your input and expertise, Jonathan and Brian. It's been fun talking with you guys. Yeah, thanks. As well, this is great. We're going to see you all back here next week, and we encourage you to keep on rocking. See you soon. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. It's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast. And we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy. Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast.